Hello. Hey. <laughs> and welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist, live from my mother's closet. Who are you? Oh, I'm Emma. <laughs> Why do I always forget to introduce myself? And I'm Shannon. I'm the glue holding this together. No, I'm kidding. Obviously. Oh my gosh. I I'm completely... just a stickler for protocol and procedure. Form. Yes, no, I know, I know, I know. I am, I'm not good at keeping up with that, but I will do my very best. Sorry, I got distracted by a cashmere sweater in my mother's closet. Focus fox, Emma, focus fox. beautiful, and I I really like it. Anyway, yes, I'm in my mother's closet. It's for sound quality, no particular other reason. Um, Keeps also the animals out, although one of them snuck in here earlier and scared the crap out of me. She scared me so bad. It was what my mom's cat, Little. She wow. just decided that now is the time that I am going to go and uh, scare the crap out of Emma. Sounds like a fun time. I didn't hear the door open because she's tiny, so she could, like, slip through the crack. And I'm just sitting here facing the wall, and she appears next to me and scared me so badly. She, like, I looked over and went, whoa. And she looked up and went, meow. <laughs> I paid her extra. <laughs> you must have. I Venmoed her. Well, it was good preparation uh, for this topic. Um, I'm already not happy. I know, and I'm so sorry. You're going to hate me, but I'm really excited about it. It's been a couple episodes since we had our spooky, spooky Robert the Doll. Um, Hasn't it been? It's been like one episode that you've done. No, I've done two. I did Mothman and I did uh, Tom Shoot. So, been a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And we've got another doll. <laughs> Shannon is so mad. Am I not a good friend to you? I just, I got so interested. Are you already crying? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, so sorry. I'm just priming the, I'm priming the system. Oh, I'm so sorry. You You're say really... that and then you continue to do these things. So do stop you want lying. me to stop? No. Are you, are you ready? I would really like if, if you would if you would strap into whatever you feel the safest. Hold on. Let with. me go get an, an emotional support pillow. Oh, that's fair. You do need something to hold on to. Because we are Zooming this uh, episode, we are not in our normal little positions on our, on our futon couch. So we don't have the ability to, you know... Cuddle underneath our blankets and and hold our pillows and pull our sweatshirts over our heads and whenever whenever we get freaked out. So poor Shannon sitting in her desk chair, clutching a pillow, trying not to cry. <laughs> and I haven't even started. You don't even know which the, which doll this is. Oh, I'm not crying it right now in this moment. I did for no. a second, but now I'm just angry. I know. I'm so sorry. You're gonna hate me. I love you. You better be glad it's afternoon that we're not recording this at like yes. 9 o'clock at night. Yes. I will try my very best never to do that to you again because that was very mean. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Don't. But we have another... I know. I, we have another doll. Well, before we get into it, Emma, yes. I'll say, while it's not on the bingo card, I'm so sorry should be, and you can download <laughs> the bingo card from the link in our Instagram bio at this podcast doesn't exist. Play along. It's a fun time. Um, I think me crying might be one of the bingo squares, uh, so... Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a plethora in this episode. If you get bingo, take a screenshot and tag us. We'd love to see it. All right, Emma, tell me what horrors await us. All right. Well, this one is going to get... It's going to make you really upset real quick. So I'm just going to barrel through it as much as I can. You're not going to get an hour and a half episode like you did last week. Um because this research is uh, not as as National Geographic extensive as, as Shannon's was, um, which is a great episode. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen. Um, if you feel like getting spooked out in the middle of the night, listen to mine. So we're going to talk about Annabelle the doll. Already Shannon's done. <laughs> so... Did someone pull a prank that got out of hand? Was it wishful thinking that the supernatural had been contacted? Or is this doll really possessed by a demon? So More at 10. (laughs) These microphones make me feel like a newscaster. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to like like get in. Boop, 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 Breaking news. Yeah. You'd be very good at that. That was really good. Thanks. Um, so this doll, she's about four feet tall. So a bit like Robert in the sense that she's like the size of a toddler. But she's also a Raggedy Ann doll. So like the red yarn hair and like the triangular like scarecrow nose and features, black button eyes, um, very like flat. Um, so it's not unusual that she's this large. That's, that's usually the size of a, like, regular Raggedy Ann doll. Um, So that's what she looks like. You can all picture her that way. Um, So let's talk about her beginnings. So the majority of the story that I'm about to tell you is coming from a book called The Demonologist, The Extraordinary Career of Ed and Lorraine Warren by Gerald Brittle. Um, This book is labeled in two different places as either nonfiction and biography or fiction, (laughs) which are two very different things. Um, But they are reprints of the same book, just in different years. So I don't know what happened. I don't know what that's about. But I also tried to substantiate some of this storyline with other instances of the story being told elsewhere, um, from the Warren son-in-law, who worked really closely with them, the website that a lot of this stuff is on. I try to substantiate a lot of this stuff. So there were a couple names that were different in the book that they are in real life. And so I'm taking this story with a grain of salt because it seems that this author tried to do a biography but added his own flair. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take this with a grain of salt like we do with most of the like conspiracy theories, haunted stuff that we do on this podcast. Believe at your own risk. So. Put that on the merch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, in 1970, 
for either her 25th or her 28th birthday, those were conflicting too. A girl named Donna, who was a student nurse in Connecticut, was gifted this Raggedy Ann doll from her mother, from her birthday. Like, people can have their likes and all, and you can be interested in certain stuff. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, like, that's so weird. But if my mother gave me a four-foot Raggedy Ann doll for my 28th birthday, I would not, I'd be quite, I would so, so not know what to do. I would not know what to do. I'd be like, Mom, are you okay? Do you need to talk about something? Because you, mm-mm, no, no, no. I know you like mm-mm. shopping, Kim, but what's happening? Exactly. What are you, what are you doing? So, okay, this 28-year-old now has this giant Raggedy Ann doll in her house. All right. Donna loved this doll. She thought it was awesome. She claimed her mother probably gave it to her as, like, a decoration for her room because she was a student nurse, and so she, like, didn't have all that much in her apartment with her roommate, so she was, like, her mom gave it to her as a decoration. Don't know how a doll is a decoration, but okay. Do you live in a cracker barrel? Right? Right? I don't know. Or do you own a bed Mm -hmm. and breakfast that's very, like, like a cracker barrel? (laughs) A bed and breakfast filled with dolls. That was terrible. You were staring into space and I was like, what is in your closet right now? <laughs> that was creepy. I did not like that at all. Mm-mm. No. I'm so sorry. I was just thinking about a bed and breakfast filled with dolls. No, see, and, I'm like, talking. One would be the Raggedy Ann's and one, uh, fi- one would be filled with like porcelain doll, like all that kind of crap. I'm talking, making jokes, and you look like this. <laughs> I looked like the cat terrifying yes oh my goodness oh i'm so sorry i'll try not to do that that's just me thinking i'm so sorry anyway donna would leave this doll on her bed after she would make it when she left the house so she'd just leave the doll sitting on her bed very quickly after receiving this doll donna and her roommate angie would find the doll in a different position than what it had been left in Like, within a week of this doll being in their house. So Donna reported that she would find the doll on the bed sitting with its legs or its arms crossed or laying on its side when she distinctly remembered leaving it sitting upright against her pillows, arms at its side, and legs outstretched. Like, you would a normal, like, if you had a doll on your bed when you were a kid, you just sit it there. You don't, like, maneuver it or manipulate it. And she would come back and the little arms would be crossed or the little legs would be crossed or it would be, like, in a fetal position. Terrifying. Yeah, so not like it had just, like, flopped over. No, no. Like, it was, like, curled up. Mm-mm. Yeah. At one point, Donna decided, I'm going to cross its arms and legs before I leave the house and see what happens. And she came back with the limbs all at the sides. So, arms down legs out. So obviously something's moving. Creepy. Angie reported that one day the two women came home to find the doll at the front door kneeling. Which is worse. (laughs) Worse than anything I could have imagined. This doll is kneeling at the front door. So like with its feet underneath it, leaning back on its feet. Right? 
terrifying. They obviously hadn't left it there when they went out, so they were super spooked. And when they tried to put the doll into that position, it couldn't stay up because it was too top-heavy. And it has no structure on the inside because it's just a rag doll, so it won't stay in that position. So they didn't understand how it even got into that posture in the first place. Like, how was it possible for it to sit like that in order for us to see it and pick it up and move it? At this point, like, I would, this is within, like, two weeks of having this doll in this house. At this point, I would have been like, Mom, what the hell did you give me? I am throwing this away, or I'm burning it. Although, be careful, friends, friends and family, fans, people we don't know, people that hate us. I don't care who you are. Don't burn things that you think are haunted. Please don't. Oh, no? Please. No, because the possibility, if you really believe in that, The possibility of releasing something rather than destroying it is higher. Oh. See, in my mind, I'm like, fire destroys things, purifies things. But I guess it, like, opens the door to hell or whatever. It can can release stuff. So if something is attached to something, if you burn it, the attachment is destroyed rather than... Like, put it in a box with some salt and, like, bury it? Yes. Like the Dybbuk box. Like Robert. Right on the box. Do not open it. Haunted doll. (laughs) I'm so sorry. All right, all right, all right. So, soon, the roommates started to find notes around the house. These notes were written on parchment paper in what they called a kid's scribble Mm -hmm. and would be found on the floor around the apartment. They would say, help me, help us, or help us. Lou. Lou was a friend of the roommates, so they initially thought that it was him pranking them. Like, that he was, like, because he had a key to their apartment. He was, like, a really good friend of theirs. He had a key to their apartment because he would take care of the house if they were out. He thought, or they thought, that he was pranking them and, like, moving stuff around. And they were like, oh, that must be the explanation as to why. Like, it's still creepy. Like, please stop. But that must be it. So, Both Angie and Donna adamantly claimed that they had no parchment paper in the house and had no clue where it could have come come from. So when I think parchment paper, I think like with my book stuff, it's like really thick kind of paper, um, a little bit more on the cream colored side, like not as floppy as regular paper. It's a little more like bendy. Resume paper, like fancier. Yeah, a little bit more like that, but even even so, like, even thicker than that, almost. Um, but I'm also thinking of, like, the parchment paper that you use for baking, so I'm not sure which of those oh. it was. Hmm. In any case, th- those were my two thoughts. I, ha- I couldn't get any kind of clarification on that, and the uh, notes don't exist anymore, like, I guess. Hmm. Although, honestly, if it were me, I would have been like, crumple up, trash, forget it ever happened, so... The roommate's first inclination was that someone was coming in, Lou, someone else they knew, playing a prank on them. They decided to set up little traps to try and catch whoever was coming in. So they would, like, mark the windows to, like, put down, uh, like, either, like, soot or something that, like, you would get on your your person if you, like, went through a window and out again or, like, came through a doorway and out again. Like, you would mess with it or end up with it on you. 
kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would move rugs so that it would make it evident that someone had been through to Donna's room to mess with the doll or walk around the house. So they'd like bunch up a a rug in a corner in like the corner of the rug or like the edge of the rug so that if you stepped on it it would flatten that kind of thing but no matter what tactics they tried the traps were always undisturbed and the doll was still moving so they were freaked out the worst incident to them was when they came home one night and found the doll on Donna's bed with a red substance on the back of its hand and three drops on its chest, and they had no clue what to make of it. And remember, these are student nurses. So the possibility of them having blood on them is not necessarily high, but it's probable. But... Okay, but- they don't wear their scrub like they're exactly dirty that was home. my next that was my next thought because someone someone posited they were like well they're they're student nurses like blood isn't unusual and like but they don't have it in their house right so scared the women made an appointment with a medium about a month after the doll appeared which is hella quick like it's within a month that all of this stuff is happening that is a lot of paranormal activity happening. And it happened almost immediately upon the doll arriving at the house. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot. So the medium claimed that she was channeling the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins, who had become interested in the doll. The girl had died on the property long ago, saying that she used to play in the fields the apartment building now stood on. And she felt she couldn't relate to anybody since they were all adults, but she really loved the doll. And so that's why she had started moving it, because she was trying to communicate with the women that she really liked the doll. Like, she wanted to stay with it. Like, she wanted to stay with the doll. So Annabelle asked Angie and Donna if she could move into the doll so that she could stay with them and feel as loved as she felt the doll did. Now, when a spirit asks you something like that, and you give it permission, that's your own damn fault. Don't give anything like that any kind of permission. You're just not, you, like, I understand it in the concept of, like, this is a little girl spirit. Like, we're nurses. We have compassion. Like, we want, we want her to feel safe and happy and loved and all of that. No, no. Yeah. No, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. Okay. I'm going to take that clip of you saying all that and play it back to you if you ever find a box (laughs) that says, Haunted doll, do not open. And you're like, but I want to open it. I'll just be like, roll the tape, Mark. Roll the tape. Oh, poor Mark. He's got to deal with so much stuff. Anyway. All right. Let's, let's move on. Because if this were, I did write this in here because I wanted to ask you. If this were us, what would have happened? Would you have even gone to the medium with me if I were like, this is, this is what I feel like needs to happen? Would you even come? Or would you be like, no, no, I'm moving out and we are not friends until you get rid of it? No, I probably would go to the medium. Because I'm fairly skeptical of mediums, so I feel like I'd want to be there to be like, Emma, she was playing you. Yeah. I'm really gullible. 
Also, it would be good content for the podcast. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All like, right. So can we you would... sign this medium release or this medium media... release? Media medium release. Wow, I didn't even mean to make that pun. Oh, that was good though. That's really you. good. All right. So, Donna and Angie agreed during the séance to let Annabelle inhabit the doll. Cause they dum dums. From then on. They called the doll Annabelle. So they're encouraging this. Great. Fun. Glad for, mm. glad for that. Good job, guys. <laughs> they felt it was no longer the doll, but the little girl that they were engaging with. Mm-hmm. Ew. As nurses, they felt kind of compassion. They d- didn't really know what to do with the doll now, though, since it wasn't just really a doll in their eyes anymore. It was a vessel for this little spirit that wanted companionship, so it claimed. So they were just going to go about living their lives with Annabelle in the house. At first it was fine. But then one day, a boot-shaped chocolate appeared on a shelf, which I was thinking about that. It was only described as a boot-shaped chocolate. So I was like, is this a 3D thing? But then I remembered in the, like, Whitman samplers... There's always, like, that one that is a, like, rectangle, looks like a postage stamp almost, that's at the top. Uh, it's, like, only milk chocolate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that on the Chris, there's Christmas ones that they have that are just little, like, stockings. Mm. So maybe it was, like, a boot shape or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Another day. A statue flew from where it sat, flipped in the air, and then crashed to the ground when the women were sitting on the opposite side of the room. But the, but the moment that they knew that it was a bit more than they could handle was when Lou came over. So now Lou came over often. He was a friend. He had initially taken much stock in the women's stories about the doll. At first he figured it was either a prank they were pulling on him, like they initially thought that he was pulling a prank on them, but... Obviously, he wasn't. Or that they were just overworked nursing students who kept forgetting where the doll was when they left. Like, you guys Mm. don't remember. You're too tired. Like, you're working really hard. But very quickly, he got a vibe, a bad vibe, from the doll and said that he didn't like her and she didn't like him. Which, good, I'm glad you feel that. But how about we stay away from it? No. So what happened to Lou was really the last straw for the roommates. It was either that Lou had come over and taken a nap on the couch or that he was in his own bed at home sleeping, but either way, he had a dream. He said it didn't feel like a dream, though. He watched himself wake up, look around the room, and then down at his feet and saw the doll sitting there. Mm Mm-mm. He watched helplessly as the doll slowly made its way up his body, stopping at his chest, stretched out its hands on both sides of his neck, and pressed, and Lou described that pushing against the doll was like pushing against a wall. It was completely immovable, and he was watching himself being strangled to death and couldn't do anything about it. Sorry, I got through that as quickly as I possibly could. (laughs) Shannon is screaming into a pillow. (laughs) No. I'm so sorry. You better be glad this isn't a drinking game, because all of our listeners would be passed out every time you say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Lies. 
they can make a drinking game out of it if they feel like oh, it. If you if you're having a real rough week, friends, happy Friday. Mm. Happy <laughs> Friday. Um, so the other instance was an actual physical attack that he described happening in the girl's apartment. It's okay. It's okay. Was it 10 or 11 at night? And it was only he and Angie in the apartment looking over maps in the living room because they were going on a trip the next day and it's the 70s and real paper maps are still a thing. Because it took me a minute. I was like, why are they looking at maps? I am such a millennial. Like, MapQuest was the closest I got to a real map. I once, I was in the car with Mark's grandmother and we're in England and she's driving and she's already like, she's a wonderful person, but she's a, she's a good driver but when you are on what feels like the opposite side of the car than what you're used to and you don't know what's happening and a like a giant bus is coming down this tiny road and you get pushed into the reeds in this car, it was terrifying. But she was trying to get me to read this map and be like, so how far do you think we are from this place? And I was like, I don't even know where we are on the map. And she goes, oh, we're like right here. Like not even looking. She was like, we're here. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so stupid. <laughs> We would but have she still to uses maps. We would have to brush up on our map skills if we ever were to go on the amazing race. Yes. Cuz Yes, we would. There's no way I would be helpful in that situation. Absolutely no way. All right, so you have to learn to drive stick and I'll learn how to read a map. Perfect. I already kind of know how to drive stick, so that'll be fine. Great. Perfect. All right. So, this evening that they're looking over these maps, it's really quiet but it was suddenly broken with crashing sounds coming from Donna's bedroom. They both said it sounded like someone had broken into the apartment from Donna's window, so they're expecting an intruder. Lou got up to investigate, stopping at the closed bedroom door, because he doesn't have a weapon or anything, so he's like, I'm not going to just barge in and like be uns- like the unsuspecting victim of this person who's come to steal stuff from our house, or from this house, because it's not his. Um, but he stopped at the closed bedroom door and he waited until the sounds from inside ceased and then carefully opened the door and switched on the light. He saw the Annabelle doll tossed to the floor in the corner of the room, just laying there and nothing else had been disturbed. There was no one in the room that he saw. So he walked over to get a closer, closer look at the doll when he felt the distinct feeling that there was someone behind him. Mm -mm. He swung around expecting an intruder, but instead he saw nothing. He felt a severe pain in his chest and screamed. His screams brought Angie running into the room where she found Lou doubled over and bleeding from his chest. When she pulled down his shirt to see what happened, going into full nurse mode, she saw seven claw marks, three vertical, four horizontal. Lou said that they burned, not like he'd been clawed at, but rather he'd been seared by something. The marks cleared up within 48 hours and were completely gone by the end of the second day, even though they had bled profusely. So, after the second incident, <laughs> Shannon's not talking. <laughs> She's so I mad. don't know what you want me to say. I know, you're just mad. All right, so after the second incident, the roommates and Lou decided to call up a local priest that they knew, Father Cook. They told him the whole story, and he believed them. Not wanting to speculate on what happened to the three, Father Cook said that he would write to a priest higher up in the church named uh, Father 
whoops, I messed up names. This initial priest's name was Father Kevin's that they contacted. And it was Father Cook who uh, Father Kevin's contacted. Sorry about that. There's a lot of fathers in this. You'll see. Um, But so they called Father Cook to consult. He called Father Cook to consult on the matter. And Father Cook, in turn, contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were a well-known couple in the paranormal community. Ed was a demonologist and Lorraine was a medium. So the couple, also living in Connecticut, drove in their brand new car to the apartment within a week of the incident that, that he got scratched um, to conduct their own interview with the three witnesses, recording it on tape and taking notes along the way. When Ed had asked towards the end of the interview if they had anything else happen to them in the apartment before Annabelle arrived, they said no, but that they were moving out to get away from the spirit. But the spirit was now attached, and Ed was convinced that the spirit was not of a little girl at all. He explains it basically like this. The doll was being moved around by a spirit trying to get the the women's attention. It spooked them to the point that they took it to a seance. There, the spirit convinced them to give it permission to be around them and stay in their home by pretending to be a little girl, preying on their caring sensibilities. By granting the spirit permission, the women unwillingly allowed, or unwittingly, willingly but unwittingly, allowed a demon to enter their home and do whatever it pleased. The doll was not possessed, but being acted upon by a demon with the ability and desire to possess a human being. Ed claimed that the physical incident that Lou experienced was bound to happen sooner or later, and that they, and that had they just let it be, it could have been so much worse. Either someone would be possessed, someone would have been killed, it would have been a really bad situation, because what the demon is hoping for is a moment of weakness where they can possess a human being. Terrifying. So, Although the doll was not possessed, the demon was using it as a link to the women and their home as it had been given permission to do so. Which is why I say, don't give anything permission. Please and thank you. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, Father Cook arrived at the home just as the Warrens were packing up from their interview. Ed and Lorraine, who were Catholics, like deep Catholics... Which I find this interesting, and I, I might talk about uh, this a little bit more later, but Lorraine was a very devout Catholic. At their house, eventually later on, um, there was a priest that had retired from the church but was still a priest, like he just didn't have a diocese to, uh, to be a part of anymore. And he moved on to their property after Ed passed away, and she would have him perform mass every single morning. She was a completely devout Catholic. I found it so fascinating. But, okay, but there is some stuff. If you read the Bible like a yeah. literal situation, yeah. there is some casting out of spirits and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, that, and that is why I think that it's it's meaningful that they're Catholics, that they have a, a very strong belief in God, because otherwise they wouldn't believe as strongly as they do in devils and demons and angels and all this stuff that they go into for their entire lives and there was a moment I was watching a couple videos of Lorraine speaking because later on in life she would go to all of these like um, paranormal conferences or stuff like that and talk because she's fairly famous in that community Um, and there was a moment where she said uh, in connection with 
either this doll or something else that they were doing that she had an out-of-body experience and that she was like watching her body from far away and she said I hope that everyone has this experience because it is proof to me that we are bodies with a soul that we have a soul that we are not just physical entities that live and decompose and that's the end of it like that there is something other than just our bodies so I found it fascinating I just love the idea that these catholic priests have like a a demonologist they're (laughs) like ah yes you're having a a demon problem let me call Mm. it my number one guy yeah so ed and lorraine were actually pretty good friends with father cook they knew him pretty well um but ed and lorraine were very eager to have this house blessed and cleansed and they wanted to remove the doll from the house and donna wanted this too at this point, Donna's no longer like, oh, I love the doll. Thanks, Mom. Now she's like, get rid of this thing, please. She has so like she a was... week to love it before it started being weird. Right? Like, ugh. Mm-mm. So she wanted it out of the house, too. So Lorraine apparently sensed, while they were speaking, that the spirit was with them. And she, almost immediately upon Father uh, Cook coming into the house, she was like, bless every single room in this house like do an exorcism in every single room of this house and so he did and he's an episcopal priest too he's not a catholic priest Hmm. um but he is an episcopal priest and he had a like seven page exorcism script that he had to read in every single room of the house so it took a little bit but he finally did it and when he finished he blessed everyone in the house as well so he blessed the warrants he blessed the three that were had been experiencing it just to cleanse everybody and at that point Lorraine said the spirit is settled not that it's gone but it's settled and when he finished the Warrens left with Annabelle sitting in their back seat like just sitting in the back seat like a little human being like Mm-mm. put that thing in the trunk put it in the trunk no thank you Ugh. I feel <laughs> like when it comes to spirits there's like a fine line where you kind of want to be polite be respectful. so that it doesn't get more mad. That, yeah, that's a good point. That's probably honestly what he was thinking of, like, if I put this thing in the trunk or if I put it in a box or if I try to put it somewhere that isn't, like, where a person would be, things would be worse. I don't know. But Ed had decided not to go on the interstate on their way back home, which turned out to be a really good decision. Because their brand new car stalled three separate times. Once while taking a very, like, dangerous curve. And almost got them into wrecking their car. Because it, it, it whenever a car stalls, the steering and the brakes just stop working. So you can basically, do, you're helpless. You're basically not able to do anything. By the time it stalled the third time, Ed pulled over, grabbed a vial of holy water out of his bag, and sprinkled some over Annabelle and made the sign of the cross, and the rest of the ride home was blessedly uneventful. Like, that just... That was all he had to do. Why didn't you get the priest to do that at the I don't know! I don't know! I don't know. I would have done it. I would have been like, hi, can you bless this thing, like, four just, times? Just, like, fill Thanks. the bathtub up with holy water. Just, like, dunk just the doll. Dunk it. <laughs> Dunkin', Dunkin' Dollies. <laughs> My new metal band. 
<laughs> Dunk. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. All if right. Only so I and metal. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't. Annabelle's oddness didn't stop with removing her from the apartment or sprinkling her with holy water. Annabelle was placed in Ed's office. I don't know why. And for the first few days after her arrival, she levitated. Every day. Just levitated. Just funsies. But eventually she stopped. Because apparently she wasn't getting enough attention from it. So she tried different tactics. She would appear in other rooms around the house. Just like teleport to other rooms in the house. Including when they left the house and they locked her in the outside office. So a separate building from their main house. And she would end up in Ed's easy chair in the main house when they came back home. So they'd open the door and there was Annabelle sitting in the easy chair. Like, yo, what's up? Welcome home. She's smoking a cigarette. She just like right? dips it into the armchair. Right? Ugh. <laughs> so, according to the Warrens, Annabelle also came with a, quote, friend. No. <laughs> no. It's okay. It's short. A black cat would materialize next to the doll, take a walk around the room inspecting items and books, and then end up back next to the doll and dematerialize from the head down. Oh. Until it was gone. I don't mind that. Yeah, see, I knew you I knew you wouldn't. I did start it really creepy. It, it's not that bad. It only happened a few times, too. It never really became a thing. Um, but it happened a couple times. So. Hmm. Annabelle also really hated men of the cloth. She hated all of the priests and all of the clergymen. Hated them. Father Cook called the house a few times in a row to ask about the Warren's follow-up info on the case. So he called, like, twice to, like, obviously their answering machine didn't, uh, you know, have enough room for him the, the first time or, like, cut off or whatever. I don't know how answering machines back then worked other than that they were on tapes. That's about it. Anyway, he called twice back-to-back. And they weren't home. So when they came home, Lorraine opened the door and heard a really deep growling from somewhere in the house, and she couldn't place it. And she saw that there was a message on the phone, so she played the message, and in between the two recordings of Father Cook calling were deep, deep growls recorded on the actual recording, which is weird because it wouldn't come from outside of the call in. Mm -hmm. It would have had to have been on the other line. So the fact that it was being manipulated in that way is terrifying. So there's that. Another priest, Father Jason Bradford, was a friend of the Warrens and came to speak with Ed when he mentioned the new addition to Ed's office. Like, he, he was like, what, what's, the, what's with the doll? Ed, what's with the doll? <laughs> and she was sitting in her own chair next to this desk. And Ed told the father about the case and actually asked for his thoughts about it. Like, you know, do you think, like, an exorcism would be something? He was, Father Bradford was a Catholic exorcist. Like, that was mostly his job. He worked closely with all of that kind of stuff, which is why he knew the Warrens really well. Um, So he was actually interested in this case, but he dismissed Annabelle, and he picked her up and told her she couldn't hurt anything. She was just a doll. And Ed was like, you shouldn't have done that. And he was right. Father Bradford put the doll back in her chair, went to go say goodbye to Lorraine. Lorraine warned him to be very careful with his car. And later that day, when he got back to the rectory, he called the Warrens 
and reported that he very nearly died from a freak car accident on his way home because his brake system had failed and his car was completely destroyed. Remember, too, this is still the 70s. These cars are massive, massive pieces of metal. So the fact that he's not dead is incredible. But yeah, so there's that. And then there was another incident during a gathering at the Warrens' house when Father Bradford and Lorraine went to go talk in the den where Annabelle had been moved that day. So she was moved out of the main portion of the house while the gathering was going on. I think Ed was like, I don't really want to talk about her or deal with her. Let's just go put her away. But they went into this room to talk. And the father saw the wall hanging, uh, a wall hanging move somewhere in the, in the room. And then the 24 inch long boar's tooth necklace, apparently that they had hanging on the wall that was right behind them exploded, just shattered into pieces. And it brought the other guests into the room because it was that loud. And one of them, one of these guests had the foresight to snap a photo could not find this photo, but reportedly in the photo were Father Bradford, Lorraine, and Annabelle in the corner. Everything else was normal in the photo, except for the fact that there were two beams of light coming from Annabelle directed right at Father Bradford. So she real hates him. Both a police detective and a carpenter visiting the house on business had been made believers in Annabelle from simply being in the same room as her. And one of Lorraine's favorite sayings, which I find this hilarious, was, I've never met an atheist in a haunted house. (laughs) Which I really like. (laughs) I think it's really sweet. Because it's like... Yeah, you you automatically are like something something keep me safe, something save me in a haunted house cuz you're like terrified. She's like, "Yep, never met an atheist in a haunted house." So funny. All right. I you're doing really well, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> Guys, Shannon is so mad at me. <laughs> She's so mad at me. <laughs> All right, so eventually, Annabelle became the featured haunted item in the Warren's Occult Museum. So this museum was founded initially as the New England Center for Psychic Research in Connecticut in 1952, years before Annabelle was a thing. Um, But later, it became the space for all of the haunted items the Warrens had collected over the years. And this was on their own property in Connecticut. So this wasn't like a separate space. This was like on their property. Um, It became a place for fans of the supernatural to frequent, but to keep people safe from what Lorraine called the most evil item in the house, Annabelle was placed in a glass case with a sign that read, Warning! Positively do not open. And inscribed on the inside of the case was the Lord's Prayer. She was real not in, like, she, she didn't even like touching Annabelle. Like, she was not into that at all. A smart lady. Yeah. Yeah. She also claimed to um, have the ability to see auras. um, So be able to like see you and know what like kind of person you were based on the color of your aura or the way that it felt. And she said that the doll had an aura as most supernatural touched things do. And that when somebody 
touches the doll, they're bridging the gap between their auras, and then they have the ability to feed from that, which I was like, that's terrifying. Great. Never touching anything ever again. All right. So the glass case, unfortunately, could not keep Annabelle from hurting people. A young man and his girlfriend arrived at the museum, laughing through the whole place as they went. When they stopped at Annabelle's case, the man defied her and told her that if she was real, she would scratch him up like she had scratched up Lou. When it didn't happen immediately, he left, and he and his girlfriend left on his motorcycle. Ed actually had told him that they had to leave after they tried to, like, instigate things with Annabelle. He was like, you need to leave. Because I think in Ed's mind, he was like, one, I don't want to be around for what happens. And two, I don't want you to get hurt because you're you're making things really bad for yourself. Fortunately, that didn't keep him safe. On the way home, he was killed in a horrific accident that left his girlfriend alive, but hospitalized for over a year. When asked what happened, she said that they were laughing about the doll when he lost control of his bike and crashed into a tree. So... Even if you don't believe in it, don't go messing with things you don't know. (laughs) Please and thank you. So regardless of the fear of Annabelle, people still frequented the property, which was the actual home of Ed and Lorraine, to see the items that they had collected, but mostly to see the doll. She's the most famous item in this museum. Most of the other items I tried to, like, not look into, but, like, I was looking at pictures, trying to see if I recognized anything. Not a thing. Didn't recognize anything except for Annabelle. So this is really the thing that brought a lot of people to their quote-unquote museum. Included in these interested parties was our very favorite ghost hunter, Zach Baggins! (laughs) Aren't you surprised? (laughs) Literally not at all. Not a one. I was wondering when he was going to show up. Yeah. I'm surprised... I'm surprised he wasn't trying to make Annabelle and Robert get ghost married or something. (laughs) Can you imagine? He plans them a wedding. He makes them have it in Vegas because he's too weird to go to other people. And that's his, that's where, actually down the street from his museum is the little white chapel of, uh, of Las Vegas. So he could definitely have them married in Las Vegas. Golly, that's terrifying to think about. I went to the website Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum website. And dude, I honestly think he believes that he is the, like, creep, like, the haunted version of The Greatest Showman. You should see this website. There is a picture of this man in a top hat Mm -hmm. and his hand outstretched, like, come on by. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Let me guess. (laughs) It costs, like, $57 a ticket or something. It costs... $53, $53, and if you want the VIP All Access, which is called RIP All Access, because why not, um, it is $76. I have no clue what it entails. I didn't look further into it because I was laughing so hard. There better be a t-shirt at least. I think you do get a t-shirt. I think you get like a t-shirt and like a special tour or something. I don't remember, but it's like... It was just, I could not stop laughing. I almost screenshotted it and sent it to you, but then I was like, then she knows I'm doing, like, something haunted or whatever. Although I knew you would end up knowing anyway. But 
I'll I'll send you the link to the <laughs> to the website. It was just so silly. It's just silly. Like it's not even like nowhere close to spooky or like funny. It's just silly. I don't know. Anyway, so Zach Bagans goes to this museum. He goes mm-hmm. to the occult museum. And he apparently tried to provoke Annabelle. Of course. Because, of course, in front of the curator of the museum, who is also the son-in-law of the Warrens, his name is Tony Spera, and he worked really closely with the Warrens, but Tony said it was like it was an act. It was really put on because he was like, I feel like a really close energy to, to Annabelle. Like, I'm really feeling this, and, he, you know... You, it, it's it worries me, but I'm I'm really feeling. I kind of want to open this, Annabelle. If you're if you if you feel my energy too, why don't you why don't you scratch me, please? Go ahead, I dare you. That kind of stuff. I can't I can't unhear the comparison to Mark Batterson. I can't. I know. <laughs> I can't. I know. Although Mark Batterson is a hell of a lot more pure than Zach Bagans is. In terms of just the way, the way that he functions is so funny. Anyway, so Tony Sparrow says, the devils and demons don't work on your command. They're not going to do what you ask them to as soon as you ask them to. They're not trying to prove themselves to you. They don't have to. They act when they want to. So something could happen to you a year from when you provoked them and you wouldn't attribute it to the time that you told Annabelle to scratch you or anything like that. So, also, Zach has tried to acquire Annabelle for himself and his own museum, but Tony has adamantly refused any advances on Annabelle. He wants to keep the Warrens' collection as intact as possible, because neither of them are here now. Uh, Ed died in, like, 2006, and uh, Lorraine died in 2019. Um, But he wants to keep their, their collection as intact as possible, because neither of them are here to do so, and he really really does not like Zach. <laughs> really does not like Zach. So Zach Bagans, you're never going to get Annabelle the doll. Sorry, man. Deal with it. So currently, this occult museum is closed permanently, quote unquote, but not because of COVID, but rather because of zoning issues. So this is the actual former home of the Warrens turned into this museum after their passing. So it's hard to allow people to come and visit the house with just the way that it's set up as a neighborhood like there's no real place for people to go park or anything mm. like that it's not a it's not a place of of business in that capacity um also people just end up showing up on their own whether or not they've been invited or whether or not they've like quote unquote bought a ticket um to come and see the museum and they just wander around the property which is a really big issue for neighbors because they don't know who these people are and like that that's a, that's just a safety issue on everyone's account so currently they're looking to see if they can move to another location um so they've closed the museum permanently all of the stuff is still in the house like nothing is moved from the house they're just looking for a different location to move everything to um but annabelle might have moved on her own Mm. just decided to up and chuck it so in august of 2020 because 2020 wasn't bad enough, a tweet started a claim that Annabelle had escaped the museum and was just on the loose. Like, that nobody had seen her. 
She was just out of her box, escaped, on the loose. Time to cancel the state of Connecticut. Right? So the tweet went viral. Like, for two days, it was going crazy. Until Tony Spera, this the son-in-law of the Warrens, as well as the curator of this museum, took a video of himself in front of Annabelle's box with her inside of it, saying, she's still here, and we have cameras everywhere, so I would know if she had left. He also said, if Annabelle had left to go, like, elope with her boyfriend or something, I would know. And I was like, who's her boyfriend? (laughs) Robert the doll, obviously. Robert! Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, of course... An item like Annabelle couldn't stay out of Hollywood forever because it's just built into all of this, of course. Annabelle is the inspiration for the movie The Conjuring, but also for the Annabelle franchise. There's now three movies called Annabelle whatever. Um, None of these I will see. I've never seen The Conjuring. Never seen Annabelle. Never gonna. Can't convince me otherwise. The movie doll and the movie plot are drastically different from the real thing. Like, an insane amount. Like, there's a whole satanic thing with the Annabelle doll in the movies, and, like, someone's pregnant and gets it as a, like, at an antique store or something crazy. And this doll is the, I did not, I'm not posting this photo on our Instagram, because this doll is the creepiest thing. If you want to go and look at, just type in Annabelle the doll, and pictures of this Hollywood doll show up, as well as the actual Annabelle. It's so creepy. Like, there's no reason to make it look like that, and yet they did. Because it's gimmicky, but very different from the real Annabelle. The main reason the doll looks so different is actually because of the copyright issues with the Raggedy Ann dolls, which I get, like, it would be really hard to be like, this is, (laughs) that'd be really bad publicity. It already is, but like, that would be even worse publicity if they were like, this Raggedy Ann doll is haunted. Like, just make another doll. So they did. And they made it look so gimmicky and stupid, but it's also super creepy. So, this Hollywood doll, this Hollywood prop doll, has appeared in a couple other movies, rather than her own. She is both in Aquaman and in Shazam, and it may become a Hollywood thing to have her cameo in the background of certain movies, which I find hilarious. So, she's, like, on a shelf in Shazam when the, like, there's a, uh police officers coming to a crime scene and she's on a shelf in a in a store or whatever and you can see her very clearly i have no clue where she is in aquaman because i haven't seen it um but the 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 fact that she's just like a traveling prop that people keep trying to like stick into movies is very funny to me i kind of hope that they continue doing it just as a gimmick because it would be great bizarre but great (laughs) and i love it so Let's end with our theories. Did Ed and Lorraine Warren make this up? Possibility is there. It's not necessarily extremely probable because they have a hell of a lot of other stuff. Um, They were the head investigators, paranormal investigators, not the like real investigators, of the Amityville Horror uh, House and all of that. Um, That might be one that I end up doing so so sorry um but lots of murders but with the possibility of there being demons involved all of that um so that was a really big thing earlier in their in their career and then annabelle came along like they're they're 
really popular in the paranormal community. So the re like, I don't see a reason for them to make up any of this, except for maybe it was like something to put in this museum or whatever that they were creating. Um, but I don't know, maybe because it, I, all of this is from Ed and Lorraine's own records. So they have their own case files and they do have recordings of, uh, interviews and stuff, but obviously no hard evidence. I don't know where the, I don't know where that photo is of Annabelle shooting beams of light at the father. Um, so it's a possibility that Ed and Lorraine fabricated the story and had people help them. Um, but I don't know. Another theory was that Annabelle was a joke played by the two roommates and Ed and Lorraine like fell into it. Like they were full on believers and this joke was played on Lou and he freaked out and made them go through all these hoops. But I don't, I don't really understand why that would happen either. Um, it seems a bit far-fetched. Like I would have, if it were me and I had been pranking somebody, I would have been like, yeah, so it was me. So sorry, man. I'll never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd perpetuate it. Once you have to like, how does it work? Do you pay a priest to come do an exorcism of your house? It's a very good question. Do you make an offering in the plate when it goes around? Like, I have no clue how that works. Never had an exorcism. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope it's good. It might be that, you know, there is a demon, but it's a low-level demon. Low hum. The low hum of a demon. <laughs> I don't know. The low hum of a demon. Great. We love that. Mm-hmm. The first single off your new album, My Mom's <laughs> Closet. Live from My Mom's Closet. My Mother's Closet. Yeah, I like that. All right, so of course our last theory is that Annabelle is possessed or manipulated by a a demon or an evil entity um, and just is having a hell of a time. (laughs) Um, Just destroying people's lives. So my thought is that she's a demon, end of story. What about you? How I mean, you feeling, first of all? I'm okay. Good. I'm so glad. I think because you don't have as many, like, specific examples. Yeah, there aren't as many. The dream like, really freaks like, me out. Like, true. Yeah. I remember from the Dybbuk Box episode how freaked out that moment made you. And I was like, this is why I need to get through this. Because I can't freak her out because there's other stuff coming that I need to make sure. Gotta I need to make sure. Keep it together. Of. Honestly... What's just been going through my head since you first started is that one TikTok I sent you. Yes! With the of the woman. She's like at her in-law's house and she's like, yes! they collect Raggedy Ann. And it's everything, guys. Like, maybe yes. I'll try and find it and like post it on the, the Instagram I story. almost, yeah. I but almost tried to find it and send it to you in it, between. It's like every, they've got every size. They've got furniture. They've got dishes they've got clothes that have raggedy ann and then there's a giant raggedy ann and she, of course she's in a basement and she's alone well, of in this house and then the the giant raggedy ann doll like the head like moves i 
through my phone across I my screamed. bed. I screamed. I was like, <laughs> I was so not prepared. I knew something was going to happen, but I was Obviously. also like, this is very weird. Like, why, why would you have this much stuff? A one thing. Like, I know, what is it? Like, mom, like, there was this SNL skit of like the moms uh, all have a animal that they claim is like theirs. There's an SNL skit and like, they have like t-shirts or like button-ups that have like their animal on them and mm-hmm. there's this new mom and she goes to like the school meeting or whatever and these moms are like so what's your animal <laughs> and that's what it makes me think of of like what's your thing like what is what is like the one thing that everyone can get you for christmas kind of thing whereas like everyone gets me books yeah no matter or what like, and I- my cousin dana collects different editions of monopoly and uno that's, that's adorable. Like an acceptable thing to collect. That's safe. Not that thing doesn't have eyes. Not it doesn't creepy. have eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I really hope that I um, never have to encounter a Raggedy Ann doll in person. I never had one as a kid. Mm-mm. I think my mom did, but I never had one. No. So my dad had a ventriloquist dummy, but that was the end of that. That explains that's- so much. I know. I need to find that photo that I told you about. But, yeah. So that's Annabelle the doll. Um, Would you like to see her? Mm, Yeah, I feel like I have to. I mean, I'm going to have to when I post her on the Instagram anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to show you the picture of Lorraine taking her out of the house um, for the first time. Every time you say her name, all I think of is quiche. Like Quiche Lorraine. Yeah. Um, you disabled screen sharing. Oh, I did? Yeah. No, I gave you permission. I can't screen share. It says oh. host disabled participant well, screen now sharing. Now you can. Okay, share screen. Oh, golly. I have to go and, like, grant access in my own computer. I don't know. It don't really know. doesn't want me to show you Annabelle. No, Annabelle is not feeling it. Obviously not. Oh, I can't. I can't show you until I. I would have to close out of Zoom and then log back in. So what? it's okay. I will. I'm not going to text these to you because if I text them to you, then you, they are on your phone, and yeah, I don't, I don't want. That. I don't. I know you don't want that. So she's she's just a regular Raggedy Ann doll. Um, g- so they're going to end up on my phone when I put them on the Instagram anyway. But oh, that's true. But fine. I'll um, save that as a special surprise. So sorry. Um, I also have pictures of the paranormal, they call it the paranormal call, paranormology research center that they have in their, next to their house. So that's weird. Um, there's Imagine also a couple pictures. being Ed and Lorraine's next door neighbor. Just imagine for a second. That's the SNL sketch I want where you're like, Jed, Jed, they're at it again. They're out there in the shed. I don't know what they're doing. They put up a sign. The sign says paranormology. Paranormology? What's paranormology? Does it, is it the paranormal? Paranormal. (gasps) Judd, they're demons. I love (laughs) that our characters, like, that's not what people from Connecticut sound like. No, not at all. Yet, some reason, they all sound like they're from Kentucky. And I love that Jed is my go-to, my go-to <laughs> husband name. I think it's because he's the president on the West Wing. And I'm like, 
He's a, he's a respectable man. Jed. Jed yeah. Bartlett. So if you would like to see these photos that I am not able to show Shannon currently, but will eventually show her and she'll freak out before she posts them onto our Instagram, you can go to our Instagram at this podcast doesn't exist. Um, all the photos will be there. Check into our stories as well to see if Shannon and I can find that uh, TikTok with all the Raggedy Ann dolls and you'll be able to watch it too and be horrified. So there are a lot of sources too. So check the source notes for this. Um, there's one website that I looked into in particular that is called TonySparrow.com, which is their son-in-law. Um, but it's for the uh, New England paranormal society whatever that they created um and it has like videos of the warrens talking about all of their different cases it has case files for each of the cases which aren't really case files they're just little summaries of each of the cases that they do um but it is interesting it's very interesting to like just look look through it all there's also some photos um that i'm not putting on the instagram but they're in the show notes of the museum when it was open um, so people were taking photos of the other items in the museum. There's like, <laughs> there's a crap ton of dolls. There's mannequins. There's like mirrors and it, it's, it's very creepy. Um, the main reason I think that Lorraine and Ed wanted to have all this stuff in their house was because they felt that they, because they were Catholics and they were very deep believers in God, that they felt it was safer to have these haunted items in their own home because they felt that they were safe from them and it was keeping other people safe from these items. So I find that interesting. Lorraine is fascinating to me. Hearing her speak, it's very clear to me how genuinely she believes in all of this. So the idea that they made this up is not really something I believe, but I say go check out those videos. Go decide for yourself. Also, if you feel like watching something that's a little silly, feel free to check out Mysteries at the Museum because they they tell the story with undertones of plinky piano music. <laughs> and I love Mysteries at the Museum. It's another one of those like History Channel, Travel Channel things that is just like, it's not science. It's not facts. It's just fun. So feel free to go look at those. Put that on the merch. Not science, not facts, just fun. This podcast doesn't exist. <laughs> not just national fun. treasure. Oh, man. Now I want to go watch National Treasure. Oh, You can. You have Disney+. Plus. It's true. You have nothing else to do today. That's you not true. You only had to talk to me today. Oh, that's not true, but... Oh, okay. Never mind. You know, life goes on. But thank life you for on. taking the time to make me even more hesitant about inanimate objects that attempt to look like people. Um, You're welcome, and I'm sorry. And I know that that sorry to you doesn't sound genuine, but I need you to know it very much is. <laughs> And also be very happy that you're not in this house that has a hell of a lot of dolls in it. True. I'm currently looking at uh, two giant Virgin Mary statues in my mother's closet. Um, these are two of about 50 in this house. Just gonna 
let that sink in for everybody. Mom calls them her goodwill ladies because they're every time she goes into a good every time she goes into a goodwill, she can't she can't leave a Virgin Mary if there's a Virgin Mary statue anywhere. She has to she has to buy it in her mind. Like that's one of just one of her like superstitions. So there are a hell of a lot of Virgin Marys in this house. So blessed. Just like line them up outside the house like a crop circle of Virgin Mary. Oh my god. <laughs> crop circle. It's like a protection circle. It's fine. Crop circle of Virgin Marys. Oh my gosh. All right. Thank you for listening everybody. If you have any spooky stories of your own, if you have any collections like the Raggedy Ann dolls that were so freaky. If you know of anything or anyone that does that, I find that fascinating. It's not a hoarding situation. It's more of like a fascination situation for those people, I feel like. I know, that sounded really fascination situation. But please send those stories to us and any other story you can think of. Your diner order, your belief in aliens, any kind of paranormal activity you've experienced. Haven't you had an out-of-body experience or experienced sleep paralysis that you can watch yourself get strangled by a doll? Let us know. Send us all of these things and more at our Gmail at thispodcastdoesn'texist at gmail.com. How many times did I say at? About five? I I don't know. Okay. I was just letting you rock and roll with it. Thanks, man. You got your radio DJ headphones on. It's all good. I do. Thank you so much for listening, Shannon. I'm sorry. I'm very proud of you, though. You didn't necessarily cry. You just screamed into a pillow a couple times. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Personal growth. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. (laughs) And remember... This podcast doesn't exist. (laughs) Why did I scream it? I don't know. Oh, all right. Bye, everybody. Bye.